Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Irish Lounge Podcast. I'm one of I am your host, Hollis, and I'm accompanied by today my very good friend from Chicago. He is a producer, DJ with man, decades of experience in the Chicago area. Um, producer for remixes uh, like for uh, Mi Gente J, uh, J Balvin. He's an, he did an official remix for that. Uh, he did a remix for Despacito, Luis Fonsi. That was very that was very popular in the nightclubs and and with the DJs. Ladies and gentlemen, DJX. What up, man? Thanks for having okay, me, brother. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me here on the show, man. I've been wanting to get you on, and and you know I, I try and talk to DJs that that I I look up to and I, and and you know inspire me, you know because. I I enjoy your work ethic and all the things that you've been working on, man, and, and you're doing your thing. Um, to, to start off, for anyone who really doesn't know uh, the story of DJX, why don't you um, start from the you know beginning without going, without yeah. taking it too far back in the, right. in the, in the time. In the time. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, uh, I started about 20 years ago uh, okay. in Chicago, and you know we started like every other DJ, but I started late. I was 17 when I started. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I wasn't necessarily uh, like everyone else is like, I was 13 and like, <laughs> it just uh -huh. seemed like every DJ started at 13. <laughs> but, um, yeah. and they, and they all had like, you know, the same well, setup. Which so what were you I, doing? Wait, before you keep, what were you doing around 13 then? 13, so 13. around 13, I was playing baseball. Okay. Okay. Heavy baseball. Cause I wanted to be a, uh, an MLB player. Yeah. I was heavy into baseball. Uh, I've always been around music, so like uh, my mom's a singer, and uh, like I've always, always, always been like I was that kid at like family parties who'd go up to the band and see if I could play the drums with them, and uh, <clears throat> so when I was seventeen, I was in a boy band because those were hot back then, like the NSYNC mm -hmm. and the Backstreet Boys, LFO, all that stuff was, right. was hot, and I was in a boy band that uh, kind of went nowhere, but we were signed. Wow. We get, so, so singing, singing, and, and making music. Uh, you you already had you're getting yeah. an experience of it, of yeah, being in like, the studio and whenever. Yeah, whenever I was like in high school, like all through high school, I, I you know I make a fool of myself and be in every talent show and <laughs> do all that. But, um, but yeah, music was always there, and uh, I I joined a band. The band didn't work out, and so because the band didn't work out with the little money that I had saved, I kind of just started DJing because I thought it was a. And, and I got into it because I thought it was an easy way to make money. Uh, because I saw so many people doing it. Hmm. And then I just kind of like, as soon as I got in, I got like a reality check. Like, no man, this isn't just getting in and playing records. Like you have to right. know records, you have to know decades, you have to know crowds, you have to read people. So I just kind of dove in head first, man, and just learned every single thing I could possibly learn about DJing. Um, I mean, I played bars, I played, I've played everything, man. I've played, <clears throat> Weddings. I've played underground house parties. I've I've done all of it. Um, only thing I haven't done is is a funeral yet. <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> I have to. Let's but, hope you don't have to do that. Yeah. But I've done like I've done weddings and divorce parties for the same couple, and then weddings again for the same couple, but in different weddings. Nice. Uh, so yeah, man. So I, I've done that. Uh, I've done just all kinds of gigs, and then eventually in my career, I got into radio. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. I see that you worked in the Chicago in the Chicago uh, local radio scene. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was a Latino mix so, yes. and all that good stuff. So let's talk about that. How was that experience? A lot of, yeah, so, a lot of DJs don't get to have that experience of working on yeah, so, radio. Uh, I mean, there was a point in my career where I just thought like, man, like there's got to be another way to get myself out there to the next level. And, and radio was, was definitely it. And um, it's funny because I was always, I was looking to get in. So I would, you know, I would message people and I would left and right, just kind of see who was doing what. But it just it never quite worked out. And then there was there was a baseball player here in Chicago who had a party. Um, I mean, don't get to have that. What's his name? Uh, Jose Abreu uh, from the White Sox, and he had a recognition party, and they gave him a couple of awards. And Hennessy was uh, the the sponsor. And anyway, they needed a Latin DJ. I show up, I do the job. Then there was a a, a guy who was running the mix show there, and then he asked me to to get on there. Uh, and then I was there for about a year, close to about a year. And then from then on, I, I kind of like stepped off into uh, Pitbull's globalization. Um, right. And then that was probably the biggest radio station I've been on. You know, that was on Sirius XM. And uh, same thing, man. I just thought like from here on up, I got to make the jump to something a little bit bigger in the markets. By that time, I was already producing. Um, but I always saw radio as a great stepping stone to get my music out there my edits my remixes all that stuff so um but it was fun man it's very fun being on the radio is as you know is uh it's kind of a challenge right it's, it's very dope it's very fun it's kind of um it's kind of one of those things that <clears throat> you don't know if you're prepared for it until you get there <laughs> but uh, so i like um a lot of the misconceptions a lot of people have the misconception that they can just play whatever they want when they get that. Yeah, no, no, like when you're playlisted, uh, you really got to get creative. Yeah. And, um, and then that's another thing. Like, not only do you have to get creative, you have to cut like a path for your own style. Uh, and like, you know, especially like, especially right now, you know, like, I feel like, like it's hard to cut through but it's also very easy to cut through if you just don't do what everybody else is doing. Right, right. So let, let's talk about that um, because you found your own, your own, you know, your own niche. Um, you, know, you entered a little into the EDM world, the Moonbaton world. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, man. So tell me uh, that entering that that genre, a genre that's not really, you know, mainstream. Right. I mean, how. how what what was the motivation behind that? Was it something you just like those rhythms? It just well, it's kind of a long story short. It's so I always wanted to be like a mainstream DJ, right? So play mm-hmm. hip hop house, open format, right? And I did do that for a while. I was in in some of Chicago's hottest clubs at the time, and um, but I, I like I always had I'm Mexican, so yeah, and I'm a hundred percent Mexican, so. I speak Spanish fluent, like I speak English, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I uh I I like I never did the Latin side of things because I just felt like I wouldn't necessarily fit because I always wanted to like throw curveballs. Mm-hmm. But then if, there was a venue where I had 10 years at, it was Nacional 27, it was here in Chicago. And um and they offered me a residency, but they offered me like a contract as well uh, to become exclusive. When mm-hmm. I went in there, the guy that was playing there was the first person that introduced me to like Mumbaton in a sense. And 
I mean, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yo, this, this is, this is the future of Latin pop. Yeah. Like I, just, I saw that, you know, because it's funny because I, as, as I saw that, I was like, I got to learn this sound. I got to learn like how to do it. So I, you know, I went looking for Dave, uh, Dave Nada, uh, Dylan Francis at the time was doing mm -hmm. some stuff. Happy mm -hmm. Colors was doing some stuff. Yeah, Happy Colors um, is great, man. He's He's wild and crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> so like one of my one of my great friends, Tom's, like he's he did a, a track with him called La Era del Mumbaton, mm -hmm. and then I worked later on. I worked with Tom's, and uh, you know, so that's when we did the a uh, the Despacito remix. So, so I had been playing Mumbaton, and there was there wasn't a huge selection of Mumbaton, and it was a lot more hardcore, I would say, than it right. is now. Right, like real heavy EDM. Right, stuff. it's definitely underground, and you got to know, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and so like obviously they commercialized it with Major Lazer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but at, at the I, I remember Ape Drums did the original. Uh, what is the name of that? Um, oh my God, I'm blanking out right now. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> the original, the uh, Watch Out for Net for this. Yeah, Watch Out for this. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was like something rhythm. It was like dance hall rhythm. I think he named it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I it was like a bootleg file I got. Yeah. And I was like, man, Ape Drums made this, and this is crazy, and and that's where I that's where the boom I came from, I think, and um, and I was just like, man, like this is crazy, like I, like I want I want to make that sound. I still haven't perfected that sound, but I've gotten pretty close to to making sure that we get the uh, <laughs> the right kicks and and subs in the right places. But uh, Mumbaton is kind of like like I said, I saw it as the future, and it, it sure enough turned out to be the sound at like 105, you know what I mean? Like right now, mm -hmm. like the Black Eyed Peas definitely hit that job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you listen to the the pop and the crossover stuff and I mean, playing skills. I mean, the Moombathone sound is prevalent, even yeah. though they're not, they're not stamping it with that name, you know, it's-, it's I mean, uh, yeah, like I think their first, their first major breakthrough that I heard in that style was uh, the, 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 the one with Daddy Yankee, I can't think of it of the name right now. Why am I blanking I think out? There was Viven. I think uh, he made a track like that. Vi there Ven. was that, and then yeah. there was another one. Uh, that todo el mundo uh, se puede enamorar. It was like the uh, oh my god the the Tanto Metro sample. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what they did. That was a playing yeah. schools track. Yeah, yeah. So like they they did that. I think that was the first time like the mainstream world heard like a a synth that was screamish and like lead EDM type-ish mm -hmm. on the Latin side. And they were like, not bad, you know? And, and then obviously like we remixed me, uh, we remixed Espacito, um, Tom's and I, uh, but at the club I was at, we were under the wave, if that makes sense. Right. Like, by the time Despacito kind of broke it all open, mm -hmm. like we were already earning it. it was already <laughs> We were already riding the wave, and then obviously Mi Gente came in. So many things yeah. came after. So, uh, so now, now that you brought that up, uh, there's a lot of producers out there, and they, they're trying to do their thing. And um, just, you know, without giving them the secret sauce, of course, you know, um, because, you know, there's some trade secrets that, you know, it's just, you know, it's got to be, be kept close to the chest. That's the name of the game. So. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know. Um, but you know, but we do podcasts like this and, and, you know, your opportunity to share, you know, just your experience with, with actually like 
you know, you, it, it's a signed deal that you have that you did right for the for the Mi Gente remix. Or, right? Yeah. So, uh, so there's it, it's like a funny story. I don't think I ever told that story, but because so, I want you to share because you know, I mean, it's it's a you know somebody's dream to yeah, to have, no, you know, I mean, an official remix of an artist on Spotify and it's, and it's, it's legit, funny you know. Because, yeah. No. Absolutely. Like it's funny because I've been remixing since 2013. <clears throat> and um and so i got in and it was like it, it was once again you know like head first and had to find out like acapellas weren't given to you mm -hmm. stems weren't Absolutely. given to you so you have to go look and find them right. i think doing the homework on how to do that stuff is, is major but uh i think if i'm not mistaken right now i have over 62 remixes that i've done and i've only signed two uh, no, I've only signed three remixes during the pandemic. I've signed another four, but they're not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's good. So, I yeah. mean, you know, it's eventually, you know, it's work that's coming, you know? Yeah. So there's seven that, that are, that have been, but my point is like, it took a lot of trial and error to finally get them signed. It takes a lot of networking to get them signed, but like more than anything else to get a remix signed, it takes a lot of hard work, man. Like a lot of dedication and hard work in the studio and not all of them are going to be hits and not all of them are going to be great and you just got to look at your market i had a remix back in 2000 and i want to say 15. this is before i went to the latin side all right and it was a selena gomez remix of um good for you that was the name of the song okay that, that was number one on on the pool track trends, track trends from promo only, which kind of like tracks a lot of radio DJs. It was number one for a long time, and it was the first remix I have had, ever had on on radio stations. First, I heard it in Chicago on one of our biggest stations that that is a uh, B ninety six, and then and then I was in the car with my mother in law, and then I heard it on Sirius XM. This is before I was even. Oh on. man, awesome! That's great. Yeah. So this is before I was even on as a as a as a mix show DJ, and um, and you know until then I had like I sent it to her people and her people were like this is great but like we can't like we're not we're not looking for remixes so there was a lot of no's 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 until this pasito came <clears throat> and then I like I uploaded to SoundCloud because I'm like who cares right like no one's right. they're not gonna sign it it's the hottest song. So funny thing is, is that's interesting that you did it like that. Uh, you figured goes, out. right? So it goes up on SoundCloud, mm -hmm. and then, like, I get in a message from a dude who's like, "Yo, I work for Universal, and I'm on the team of God knows what. How did you get that acapella?" And I said, "I didn't get the acapella. Like, this was years and years of stealing acapellas mm -hmm. that I was you extracted it with a with a with, in the studio." Dude, it took me like two days to extract that acapella. Oh, wow. And it's funny because then like later in the summer, I had a gig where playing skills were and they're like, yo, you have that vocal? And I was like, no, I don't have that vocal. <laughs> so to charge them, get a hundred bucks, bro. No, no. And it was like funny. Like days. I probably don't even remember that now. <laughs> but but I was we were talking about it for a second. And then and so then Tomes, who's from Colombia, from Bogota, uh -huh. he happened to know a guy that worked for After Club, which was Universal at the time. And so that guy, we send him the remix and he's like, guys, this is great. This is fire. We're going to put it out. We're going to sign it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so then he's like, but there's a remix. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that oh, was like on a Wednesday. 
And I believe Justin Bieber did the remix on that Wednesday night. By Thursday morning, we had the acapella, like the, 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 like, the master, right. right? And I couldn't even work on the track that night. I couldn't yeah. even grab the old acapella and put the new one in because I was so like nervous. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, like I don't get acapellas. That was my at the time. I was like, I don't get official acapellas. But this is this is the acapella of the number one song in the world. Like right now, there was nothing else. So I flipped it after you know I calmed down. <laughs> uh, I sent it to my guy. We send it in. Next thing you know, every day at five o'clock in 2017 for the summer mix on B96, DJ Flipside, I got to shout him out. Every day he would open with our Despacito remix, which was insane. (laughs) And then from that came Mi Gente. And then we were kind of in line with like Steve Aoki. um, I believe it was uh, not Gregor Salto. Um, Yeah, it might have been Gregor Salto. And it was I mean, I mean, we're talking big names. Like you're now, you're you know, is is it like you know, like a like a dream that you woke up from? Them, you're just like yeah, you're, I mean, you're in this list of of eight a list remixers that right. you contacted. Like rehab for, and these yeah, people that yeah. are like you're like, oh man, I'm not gonna get picked. Like there's like why would they pick me out of all these people, right? Uh-huh. So we signed the we signed all the stuff. Uh, it became official. It, it was out in some countries. Some countries it wasn't out. I guess they had issues with certain things. But uh, unfortunately, the Despacito one never went through. Uh, it is official, but it like never got finalized. If that makes any sense. But I mean, I I had like uh, you know half a million plays in like six days, which was like overwhelming. I didn't know what to do with that at the time. But with the amount of time, you know, you learn and you start to kind of get. The sauce is like the hard work, like I said, and and you start to understand how it all works and, you know, how to approach labels, approach deals and certain things. And then, you know, you just move forward. But then from then on, I just kind of kept remixing any tracks that I thought would be hot or that I thought would be beneficial. And then I started writing my own stuff uh, right after that because I thought I think it's time to to like send my own stuff out while we have this little traction of mi gente and despacito right and it, and it was great and then after that like i said i just started doing my own stuff but i think if anyone wants to get into remixing uh one of the first things is do your homework and 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 don't expect uh labels to want your stuff or don't expect anyone to just give you their stuff even if it's a local artist that you're going to remix don't just be like mm-hmm. send me the stems because it's it's they put a lot of work into their stuff and they may not appreciate just someone reaching out and saying, give me your stuff right. without like a work ethic, like without, you got to build at least like four, some kind of rapport or some kind of relationship, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like a good relationship or like, a, a, you know, like a proposal, like come at them and say, listen, man, I've done these five remixes. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you think. And let me know if you'd be interested in working with me. I think collaborations are very good at the time at, especially right now. I think collaborations make a lot of producers better because you learn from the other side all the time, you know? So, but at the end of the day, like the remix game is who can bang out the most and who's the most efficient. It's just, it's, that's how the remix game works. Uh, I moved away from it for a while because I just, I, 
didn't there was a cap there was like a glass ceiling with the remixes and i just didn't see a lot of future in it um it's now different. however we're in a completely different world because they need streams so now they're gonna need remixes and that's kind of where i'm at right now where i'm back in that realm but now things are different because now i don't start a remix until i get full stems you know i get acapella stems like the works it, right, so right, I, right. I get to make a professional sounding remix right off the bat so, so let's see here we got uh, is that reekin uh yeah shout out to reekin uh he says what's up i guess he's he's going in in and out between classes uh checking us out nice that's my guy he's awesome um let me check on my settings here before we continue um so yeah man, he's a great guy uh, he's one of our djs on lamesclaw.com and uh, we're live actually on their page as well right now oh, so no, shout no, out to no. everyone uh, who, who's like La i do their drops i did their last set of drops oh uh, yeah you did the tumba la casa stuff yeah so i'm like the tumba la casa uh, so that was you. I was playing Tumba La Casa. Tumba La Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I love that. I love that. Um, that remix. Um, the Despacito remix. I played the crap out of it here in Tampa. I remember, man, because you know it's funny. You're in Tampa, right? Yep, Florida. Yep. So I so every every Friday and Saturday, I would uh I would you know I'd get ready for my gigs and I think you were on Maxima. Yes. And I would I would throw it on on my on my. On my app, it was like like the the la musica or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I remember, I remember. Yes, uh, Rican just mentioned Boogie. I did his intro as well. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for drops, hit me up. There you go. Hit up DJX. <laughs> Way to plug myself, right? That's right. So, uh, so yeah, I used to I used to go to the club, but I used to get in the shower, mm. and I, I right when your set would kick off. Ah, okay. And 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 I would listen to your sets, and I was like, man, like I really enjoy the. And I think I messaged you like, you, I was you, like, man, I really enjoy your mixes. They're like, you. because they were fresh, you know, they were like really, really fresh. I like the salsa stuff you used to do. Thank you, man. Uh, because it wasn't just the mainstream stuff, you know. There's yeah. like some others. Like I could, I could appreciate that. All right, right, right. It was dope, man. It was really, really dope. Like I really, really liked it. And and, and I remember, I was like, oh man, I would hear. I would hear like tech one stuff that I would, because uh, mm -hmm. that would be his tech ear. One's great, man. He's a great remixer, man. Yeah. He would yeah. be my ear. I would be his ear. And, and we would be like, yo, like, like, I just heard your stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, I know your stuff gets played everywhere. I'm like, but I just heard out like on the radio, like in this, in this station in Tampa. And, um, and then you would play Cubaton. Mm -hmm. A little I, bit. And, and, and not a lot of people played it on like on the East coast. Right. You know? Right. Like, well, up north and obviously in the West Coast, nobody played it. So I would listen to it and I was like, man, I was like, I got to get up on like, that's where I got up on Yomili Dani and Los Cuatro and Chocolate and like all that. You got to have that. You got to have that in Florida, brother. Yeah. When I played in Miami, they were like Mexican guy, like not going to like come. it. And then I, I like showed it. up and I was ready. You're ready. And I was like, boom, I think like Osadera at the time was barely popping off. Mm -hmm. um, and this is this is when I had started my my residency at the spot I, I was at. But man, I came I came with the Cubaton and, uh, you know, a big part of that was your sets. You know, I was like, yeah. yo, this is hot. This is good. We're going to work with this. Yeah. <laughs> I made so it now, happen. You know, I try not to put my mixes everywhere else. So I try not to play as much Cubaton. <laughs> I mean... But, uh, it's it's a genre that a lot of people don't get it, you know. There, the, but like, like I man, when I used to play cubaton at my spot, 
I used to play, I used to start off with this one song. I would cut everything down and start yeah. off with this one song called Habanero. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I love that song. That's the uh, Gente de Zona. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, and, so I, I, bunch, I enjoy that song. There was a bunch of ball players there all the time. Oh, man. You, you hit they it. were all You on. hit a grand slam, bro. You hit a grand slam. That was slam. it, dude. It's funny because, uh, and I have to tell that story because, like, I, I've never told anybody, but, like, one time, uh, this guy, Joan Moncada, who's a Cuban ball player, he's from the White Sox, came into my to, to my club, right? To the club I was at. Now, I mean, I say my club because I was the resident. I directed music at everything. He showed up and he and I was playing and people were digging it. You know, people. And he was like, play some Cuba, ton, play, pon musica de Cuba. And I was like, bro, this is my stadium. And I pitch, I catch, I throw, I do everything here. I said, you just sit down and let me do the thing. And because I, I was a little buzzed at the time, right? Mm -hmm. I was feeling the night. He sits down, like disappointed. I play Habanero. He gets up immediately, dude. And he's like, done deal. He's like, you got it, dude. He's like, from here on. And then from then on, I just played more and more and more stuff. And then he introduced me to, to some other artists. And then when he would come back, like, you know, I play a set for him. But it, it's such an underrated genre. It um, is. It is. I mean, but it's, and it's so good, you know, it's so good. Like to me, like I can listen to that all day, you know, <laughs> like I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with the set here and there. Obviously I'm not like, I don't know, West Palm beach. Cause I right. played Palm beach and that was all <laughs> like four hours of Cuatón. Oh. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can hang like that anymore. I don't, oh, man, I, parties, oh, but. I don't know if I have all that, but, but it's definitely a dope genre, man. And I, I remember like the, one of the first people I heard play on the radio was you. Yeah, we do, we do play it when whenever it's commercial enough. We, we try and get it on the air. In Tampa, yeah, no, but, um, and it was good, man. It was like feeling good music. It's feel good yeah, music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Rican says uh, Cubaton is big in Kentucky, Louisville. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Boogie Son. Uh, shouts out to Boogie from Miami. Uh, he's uh, also La Mescla .com DJ, and uh, he is out there and on the radio stations in Miami as well. Um, like, uh, La Set, what is it called now? Boogie, what the hell is the station called now in Miami? I forget. Is it La Seta? I think it's La Seta. Yeah, I don't remember. <clears throat> but anyway, talking about radio stations, uh, I mean, you got the chance to actually get your music on probably one of the biggest stations for us crossover Latino DJs, uh, Globalization, Pitbull's Globalization. Yeah. I mean, I mean, talk about that experience as Sol. That's it. Sorry, Boogie. I love your station. But I'm, I'm <laughs> we had the Z, right? <laughs> yeah, we had a Z. We, had, we were around there. We were in the ballpark. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know what's funny about that, about that whole journey with, with Pitbull stuff? And I'm, I'm rocking his hat. Mm -hmm. I'm, rocking it. I'm rocking the Dale hat. He was a cool guy, man. Uh, he, you know, he, he would be the kind of guy who would know you. He'd always remember your face. You, you know, know what's funny that, like, that – when I was a kid, right, when I was like 19, 20, and I had already a couple of years in the game, um, Pitbull would come to Chicago all the time. And and he would want to, like, they would book him like every other week, you know? Um, but I never got to play any of the shows. Like, I never got to be part of the crew that was getting played, like playing to open for him or the after party or nothing like that. I, I never got to be a part of like the pit bull gigs, if that makes any sense. Um, and then, you know, 
10 years pass and Pitbull becomes a different guy than he was in 2005. Um, you know, just completely different. Um, and it's funny because like, uh, Maxima, not Maxima, um, Latino mix right. was ending their mix show. Really? Yeah. So they were like, uh, bringing it down to one mix show uh, around the whole country. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's interesting. We'll, we'll get back to that because I have an interesting uh, insight on that. Because I remember, you know, back in the radio station business, people were like, oh, you know, people don't care about the mixes. You know, they just want to hear music. You know what I mean? No, we're care. spending we're spending extra on DJs. Why are we spending extra on DJs? Of mix? We, just, we have computers to play music, you know? Yeah. So so it's funny that like and, and it's funny. Cause now I'm giving you all the all the sauce on, on some things, but <laughs> okay. you know, I'm a huge believer in putting things out there. Right. Okay. And I, I remember I got the call and I was super disappointed. And I told the, 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 the program director at the time, I was like, yo man, <laughs> I was like, it's all good, man. I'm like, I'm actually pointing towards Pitbull's globalization. At the time I had no affiliations with any of them, except for my song, my remix being on there. And he goes, Oh really? And I was like, yeah, man. I said, uh, I'm actually going to see if I can somehow get on and, and get on there. Right. And then, uh, like I, I meet big Scythe, who is uh, a huge DJ. He used yeah. to be Pitbull's main DJ for a while. And, and he did the back in time, the men in black theme right. uh, or pit. And, um, he's just got a, a, you know, obviously that's his family. And, and so he showed up to my club at, in Chicago and then we talked and, and we had some some uh, conversations about the station, and I was like, "Yo, listen, I'm gonna be straight up and honest with you. Like, I'm trying to get on that station. Like, I'm trying to get on that station. And here are my mixes, and here's my stuff. But the mixes I had given them were polished mixes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, computer produced mixes. They were, but like in Chicago, the culture of mixing is is very like clean blends. It's not like New York or LA." Mm-hmm. It's like we're super clean. We do the sixteen or thirty-two right. bars. Right. Like, he wanted and, to hear more turntablism. No, 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 not, not, not that. No, because I had scratches and everything in there, but they were edited. Right. You know. And uh, and he was like, he was like, cool. I'll let you know. He was like, cool, Papa, because that's how he talks. <laughs> he was like, cool, Papa, I'll let you know. And then somebody from uh, flip side, from the Jump Smokers, couldn't make the opening of Pitbull's concert here. And it, I just, I got a text message out of the blue and it was like, Hey man, would you be down to open for Pitbull on Thursday or whatever day it was? And I was like, yeah, you know, like yeah, that's, that's freaking awesome. Like I'm in. So I go and I'm nervous as shit, you know, and I'm, I'm backstage and like Prince Royce passes by me and like high fives me and he's like, yo, kill it out there, man. And I'm like, what just happened? You know? And I never met him before, so I was like, this guy's super nice. And I'm chilling back there. I had met Chino before. I had met Fuego. Farruko was there at the time as well. So I had dinner with them. <clears throat> and uh, I was super nervous, but I was, like, trying to act like, I, like I'd like i been there all the time, you know? And, That's good. That's good. Uh, like, literally, like, 10 minutes before showtime, Pitt comes up to me. I'm, like, dusting off my um, my needles. Right. And he's like, yo, what's up, man? Thanks for coming through. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and that was the first time I man, met him. That's what's up, man. Like, he, he could have just been like, oh, wherever, screwed his, you know. I yeah, no. I mean, well, and, and like his security guard was like, no pictures, no right. talking to him, no no fucking 
Mm-hmm. You know, no chatty chatties. Like I mean, I, they pay them to do that. You know, uh, it, I, I, because I like I've, I've met Daddy Yankee on multiple occasions in person. You know, super nice guy. Um, you know, uh, before the blow up, before Gasolina, and after Gasolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and he, they, it, it's all all the artists from the reggaeton guys to 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 Cindy Lauper. You know, to they yeah. paid those people to be the jerks the because unfortunately you know there's there's crazies and they have to protect yeah. themselves you know but oh absolutely yeah. so i was in i was like man he came up to me so we're good right yeah you know and and that was good and then i, I i'll never forget i go up to the stage and i'm i'm you know i'm still like putting in that one needle and i guess i didn't have it and they put the table that i was up on uh mind you prince royce had just killed it I wasn't oh, on opening. I was on before Pitbull came out. Oh wow, that's wild, bro! So like, you weren't like you—you didn't open for the whole show like like normally they would put somebody to just no, play a little bit while people were walking in, and then okay, now now Prince Royce and then Pitbull, at, and then show's over. At the time, they were really pushing for Sirius XM to to be like front and center, listen to my station. So I didn't, I, I was like, I don't have an intro, but they kept talking about an intro. So they had already made an intro for the Sirius XM thing. And as I get to the stage, like, well, basically the stage was, I mean, the show was Fuego, Farruko, Prince Royce, me, then Pitt. So, wow. so I was like, man, these people are lit. Like I got to go out there and fucking destroy it. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. And as I'm, as I'm cleaning my needle, because, you know, at the time I was like, I got to bring 12s because, you know, I got to, I got to look like a real DK, right? Sure, so okay. long story short is they're testing out the, 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 the pyros, the, the, um, the CO2s, right? Mm-hmm. So the table's too close. They taste the CO2 and my needle goes into the crowd. Like just. Wow. Off. And as I, as that happens, I'm looking at a timer and it's like 39 seconds, 38 seconds, 30 seconds. And I'm like, shit. So actually, <laughs> that gig, I did it on one side. Thank God for Serato and doubles. Yeah. I did it on one side. And I faked the other side because I was like, there's so many people recording. I'm just going to have to fake like I'm really, like I'm mixing on the other side too, you know? Right. So I did it. I, I I was super nervous. I don't remember my set. I just, I do remember I kind of went through everything. I played like. I remember lighting up to like 20,000 people with Vivir Mi Vida. And like all your tricks. And like, yeah, and like I bust out like Volver, Volver. You know, mm-hmm. I bust out all the Mexican stuff. All Like I bust out Selena. I, at the time, Gene Sao was hot uh, by J Balvin. I remember just like hitting it from the very beginning and people going nuts. So it's I finished. remixes. <laughs> I, I did play like edits that I had that there were Mumbaton remixes. I go to the back and I don't know who it was, but it was someone on on Pitt's team, and they're like, "Yo, we're gonna get in touch with you." Um, like, re- like killed it. All the girls that danced for him were like, you know, they were like high five in me, and they're like super hot. And uh, I was like, ah, uh, you know. And uh, I came out of there with nothing. I came out of there just like that was dope, awesome, probably one of the best, biggest gigs of my life. That probably was. I did it again another couple times. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, wow, dude, like, that's insane. That was my first big concert. And like, I just felt like it paid off like all those times that I didn't play for him. And then I got to play for him in my hometown, in the house of Jordan, in the United center, 
where the Bulls play. Like it was I just, uh, it was just crazy. And then I, two weeks later, no, a month later, which is like around last weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend, they hit me up and they're like, yo, we'd like to feature you on, on the station. Um, would you mind sending in some mixes? I'm like, cool. When do you need them by? And they're like, tonight, like, <laughs> like tonight. And I was like, shit, I was moving at the time. So I had no studio. So I, I did them in my kitchen live. Um, I had an S nine that was gifted to me at the concert, uh, from my mother-in-law. And so I, I just, I went in, I did the mixes. They were live. They weren't that great, but I had a lot of edits that I had collected over the, over years that, that weren't there. And I remember there was a Mumbaton edit that was like, it was like, yo soy Pablo Emilio Escobar. And then it would like hit, it was like a Mumbaton joint. And uh, I remember playing that. And I remember the, the station director like hitting me up and he was like, yo, you got to email me that track, man. Like, I, need that. I need that. Like, now. That's the kind of shit that I like, man. I like, I love all those, those crazy Mumbaton. And, yeah. and then after that, I was offered a Friday night residency and I was on there. Uh, and then I just started traveling and remixing and there was just so much stuff going on. I had to, you know, uh, say thank you and move on to the next stage in my career, which was producing more full time. And uh, but it was a great experience. I'm still on there every now and then. I'll do guest mixes. Oh, but, that's dope, man. It's great. But yeah. And then I, I had a I had 401k, which is my my first ever produced original that I had done with uh, precision from Seattle. I had that on regular rotation on Sirius XM. Nice. That was, that was very nice. <laughs> that was very, that felt very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And you can always do that. So let's get into um, the new stuff, the, the what's hot in the streets right now, La Rumba, DJ XN, uh, 4F music. Tell me how this yeah. track came to be. And uh, the whole Guaracha, uh, let's talk about the whole Guaracha house. Uh, yeah, vibe, so, man. That's going on. So. Well, like I'm from Chicago, so house music. Oh, for, 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 shout out to uh, DJ LED. Uh, oh, shout he's, out to uh, LED. Yeah, he's, he's hanging out with us. Shout out to him. What up? So yeah, man. I, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting because people are into it here in Florida, uh, the Guaracha, like, and and it's not just Colombians and Mexicans. You know, it's it's uh, it's what, starting to spread. Guaracha is a Guaracha is a it's a baby of a genre yeah. right now. Even though it had a lot of success overnight, I think producers in the Waracha realm are playing catch up to that success. Right. It, because they weren't ready for a follow up. They were like, you think, it, you think it's kind of like, because, you know, it, it, it has the, the, the Colombian roots, right? You know, the DJs in Colombia kind of started doing their thing and they started playing Guaracha and then it started becoming popular in Mexico and Mexico. And then, do you think more the tribal, the 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 three B L L movement kind of so it, it definitely inspired? Yeah. yeah, it definitely inspired. Like I I I feel like tribal tribal Monterrey definitely inspired that the Waracha sound that is out. Um, I I have a like I have mad love for Colombia. Colombia has been like my second country home for for you know since I can remember because of where I used to DJ because yeah. people were so warm and nice to me. Not you think, you think the tribal sound was what influenced the Guaracha sound in Colombia? I think, think it was a vice versa thing from what I know. So I could put it to you like this, from what I know, Guaracha in Colombia was like trap in Atlanta. 
Okay, I get so, it. So that music was not played main music. The hood music. It was a strip club music. Yeah, strip club. Okay, that's what it was. So, so like when I started playing waracha stuff early, like because I was like, yo, this is a wave, and I know, I know this is gonna work. When I started playing stuff early, uh, there was a lot of Colombians that were like, no, 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 and like it's eso, <laughs> eso no me gusta. Porque, and, and they would use a, I don't know, I don't want to curse on here, but. Yeah, we were cursing all day, fuck it. Oh, okay. Fuck <laughs> it, right, so, it's, not, it's not commercial radio, it'll be good. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so, the, so the girls would be like, esas canciones son de putería, de, de puteríos, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. So like, yeah, donde vas y la like, I was like, okay. But then like, obviously, you know, Baila Conmigo blew up and everything. Yeah. And, and then there's, there's so many great artists and so many great, talents in there the only thing that i see from the outside looking in and as a producer and as a remixer and as you know a, not a seasoned vet but like knowing the industry is there's a lot of potential for exploiting these producers that are in there right now um and and it, like there's tons of talent but then again waracha is one of those like genres that has that is like loose it's just loose because there's like great songs and then there's songs that are like all over the place they're just like they're, they're all over the place you know but like because there's not enough there's there's there is a lot of good product but because there's not enough right now you kind of like grab here like i've heard tracks with like acapellas off beat right. acapellas that are weird that are like that don't make any sense or drops that are off key those are things you look for. So we, you know, I saw it and I actually made a remix for a band, which we won't name, but I made a remix for a band and they were like, nah, we don't like it. And it was Waracha. And the guy who was a and the remix was like, I liked it, but they don't like it. They're the boss. And I was like, no problem. Then okay. he comes at me two weeks later and that's pills, you know, from 4F. Okay. And so he's like, yo, I got an idea. How about we do a Waracha EP. And I was like, no, yeah. So I had that idea two weeks ago, <laughs> but they were like, no. And he was like, no, he's like, it's, it's going hot. And I said, cool. But if we're going to do this, I said, I I'd like to do it right. So I'd like to bring the house elements, the tribal house, the Latin house elements. And then when we saw, when we saw, when I saw what was happening, I said, I got to carve myself like my own lane in that realm, you know, once again, Everybody's doing the same stuff, you know. Sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, um, mine. <laughs> he's like letting him know. But um, so like so basically, we're like cool. Let's do this. So there's a there's a Waracha project called I Love Waracha, um, that's coming out uh, under Four F Music, and there's about six or seven songs right now. So La Rumba happens to be the first one. Uh, I did all the vocals and production behind it. Uh, the girl is one of my friends, her name's Gracie. She's from Colombia and she was perfect. She was a perfect fit. I was actually gonna send it to a singer and I needed a reference. So I asked her to do it and then I heard it and I was like, Gracie, you gotta come to my house. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you gotta come. And, and she was amazing on it. I mean, it just, it has that paisa accent yeah. and it just, it works. And it's, it's like, you're like, okay, whatever she says I'll do. Um, and so, we, we did La Rumba when I was doing it. I, I was like, they use trumpets. They use, there's some people I use accordions. And I, I, the inspiration behind that track, it's really, it's really interesting because I used to listen to these guys, uh, DJ Rooster and Sammy Peralta, uh, 
back in the day. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're from New York. Yeah. And they would make songs. I remember like this, there was this one song they made with Robbie Rivera and it was like, you got what I want, you got what I need. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm down with that. And so when I went back to the Waracha stuff, I kept listening, I listened to a bunch of stuff, but I was like, man, it'd be dope to like bring that Juan Magan, Senor de la Noche feel back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I grabbed the mic and I was like, I'm gonna do it as a reference. And then I sent it to the guys that we work with and they were like, uh, like, nah, man, like the vocal works. Like you don't need it, you know, like you don't even need, we don't need anybody, like you can do it, you know? And so I was like, cool. So I, I stayed on it, I put the girl on it, put it together. It's simple, it works for the, for the club, for the DJs, for the live streams, for whatever. But it's not like your typical Waracha. I, I kind of quantize more stuff. I did some other stuff that's, uh, that's more on the house, on the Latin house side. side. But yeah, like I, we, we, our goal was to come in hot uh, and it's, it's picking up like a lot of steam right now on uh, Spotify, like my, on my Instagram. There's a lot of DJs that have shown a lot of love, which I appreciate. Hopefully it, you know, it shows up on globalization or something um, <laughs> and, and, on regular rotation. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for sure. Like it's been on a couple of mixes already and I'm, I'm just grateful that I get to do that. So I have, we have more coming out. I have two more um, that are coming out soon. Uh, I wrote one uh, and then Tom's produced it. And then another one, it's a production that, it's a remix that we all did. And it's Lex Edit, Tomes, and myself. Nice. Oh, Lex Edit does great stuff, too. Yeah, he, he's an amazing producer, man. So so, so that's kind of like what we were doing with, with the remixes that we worked in that project. Um, and La Rumba was like, like I said, La Rumba was kind of like a collection of sounds over the years and ideas. It's got the Latin, it's got the Mumba, but up, you know, it's got kind of like my whole entire repertoire into one place. Um, and then, you know, obviously it has my, my vocals on it. Uh, and like, it, so far it's been a great response from the DJs. Like I, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed watching it just kind of do its thing. Um, I could only imagine how it would have been if COVID wasn't, you know, around because yeah. of like performances and clubs and videos. Cause that's what we wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, like I, I we're gonna have to start all over again, January two thousand twenty-one. That's all. And, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity because, to be honest with you, like that song, I, I should have done a year ago, because uh, the idea was done like a year ago, and I should have like that. done it and then put it out while I had that club. But you know, everything happens for a reason, right. and it's like I told you, it's crazy because today, actually, this morning, I get a message from DJ Rooster, from DJ Rooster and Sammy Peralta, and he's like, nice. yo. Why isn't this song on Beatport and uh, TrackSource, I think he said. And I was like, right. Yo, we're working on it. It takes a little bit longer. I said, from Spotify and other places. I said, we're working on releasing it there. And I was like, I was like, hey, by any chance, like, are you the DJ Rooster from like DJ Rooster and Sammy Peralta? And he says, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, dude, like you totally inspired that song. He's like, no way. He's like, wow. He's like, dude, he's like, I fucking love the song. Like I, he's like, I listen to it on Spotify, but where can I get it? So I, I shoot him a link right away. I'm like, oh, yeah. download my shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's and he was like, he was like, dude, he's like, I, he's like, I, I'm inspired to get back in the studio. He's like, and work on some shit. He's like, this definitely feels good and I like it. 
And I just thought, man, for someone that's worked with like Robbie Rivera, Eric Murillo, you know, um, like I, I believe they did stuff with Gregor Salto. I mean, some huge names back in the house days, like laid back Luke for sure. They worked with mm. like, you know, I was like dope, like, like mission accomplished, you know? And, um, that was like full circle for me. And it was like really cool to, um, to like, to get that from a producer that I emulated kind of like the work and, you know, and, and I was like, man, this is dope. You know, like, like I hit it on the nail on, on the flavor I wanted and how I wanted to do it. And now we're in the realm of Waracha. And like I said, now Waracha is a, um, it's, it's, it's like a, uncharted territory, it's, right? It's, <laughs> it, it, it really is because like you could, you could see it, you could see it from, what's happening. You can see those producers are putting in work like right. great work. You can see that they have high end cameras and you can see that they have great ideas for videos, but you can see that it's a baby. You know what I mean? You could see that they're going to look back and be like, what were we doing five years ago? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I put the uh, Spotify link for everyone who's watching the live right now. Uh, so they can check out the track. Cause if I play here on the show, you know, the, the co copyright gods, God forbid, are probably going to knock me off. So, no, you'd you know, be good. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. Tried it. yeah, you can play it if you want. <laughs> oh, good. No, I'm man. So, so, yeah, like, yeah, like, like I, there's, like I said, there's more in this project, and then there's more on the on my personal repertoire that I have that's coming out. Uh, I have another like Mumbaton joint that I, that I'm doing that I'm working with uh, with a guy from Trinidad, Trinidad nice. Tobago, his Brave Boy. Nice. We we released a track called. Um, we released a track called uh, Belly Dance Gal. Um, hmm. It's it's kind of like a belly dancer, kind of like a DJ Snake feel, dance hall feel. But I have that. I have other stuff coming out. I have the remixes to that track. And then I have like some bootlegs and stuff on the Waracha side that, that we're going to. Um, that's kind of like that's kind of like a side project, the Waracha thing. But uh, but for me right now, it's just making great music, man. Just like anything that I can that I if I if I feel it then I'll put it out, you know? Awesome. Um, I want to, um, if I want to check out the Spotify link, when I get a chance, check out the new track, um, yep. check out all of his tracks on Spotify. He's got awesome stuff. And um, uh, now that we talked about, kind of pivoted to the COVID stuff. Um, so as a working DJ, um, I mean, how are you getting along in this new dystopian future that we live in now? I mean, it's, you know, um, like, like when COVID hit, I needed a break. I had been going for years, for, for, for years, dude, like nonstop, like every weekend. Interesting how God works. <laughs> it, it was very interesting because like, um, like I was doing, I was doing full days in the studio. Wow. And like, like, like at 10 AM, 11 AM to like five in the morning and then all over again and then like thursday would hit i'd go out friday would hit i'd go out play come back and it was just this never-ending cycle of i'm always tired you know i have three kids uh my youngest one is two so with the other ones it was like i was always leaving to the club i was always doing stuff so i never really got to experience like i got to experience their childhood but not like i am right now with my baby and um you know, they always understood that. And, 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 and when COVID hit, like, obviously, like all of us, it was like, what am I going to do now? 
uh, as a, I was a full-time DJ. So like my income just went from, you know, from normal to zero in like a split second, like everybody is, you know, and um, the venue I work with was actually kind enough to say, Hey man, like this is what the rest of the month look like. And here's the rest of the month, you know, and, and take care of yourself. So I'm very grateful for Nacional 27 for doing that as well as um, the funny thing is, is like I had started doing drops like DJ drops right before, like maybe a week or two before this happened because I wanted to up my studio and get extra money for the studio. And right before I did that, like it just a drop started coming in every week. So I haven't stopped doing drops all year. Oh, wow. I always get quite, I'm glad that you do that because now I'm just going to refer them to you. Yeah, man. So I, I, I was doing drops and obviously that wouldn't supplement what I would make at a nightclub, especially where I was at. Um, and before that I had a great deal set up because Nacional was going to close anyway. And, uh, excuse me. Okay. And I was going to go to another place where um, the pay was going to be doubled what I used to get. So COVID hit, that immediately went shut down. And I just decided, like, let's see what happens. And, you know, I I kind of waited, man. I kind of waited. I, I have my company, so I applied for, like, the um, SBA loans and all that stuff to try to kind of make do with what I had. I canceled all the events all the events I had for this year were canceled except for one that I just did this past weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there was, there was one or two days where at the beginning I was like, man, what's going to happen? You know, like, what am I, what, like, what am I going to do? And then I just, I fixed everything around my house that needed to be fixed. Um, <laughs> I was doing lives for a bit, but then, Facebook and Instagram started cracking down a little more. And then I just, I just did not for me personally, like I got to, like, I got to give it up to all the DJs doing it right now. The lives are, are dope. You know, they're great. Like, you know, opportunities like this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that. But uh, the DJs that, that are doing it are great. Uh, but I just didn't feel like it was for me. I felt like if I spend more time finishing these projects, I'd be in every live, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd right. be in all the lives. Think about it. Yeah. So I, so I, I started working on finishing projects, finishing things. And then, um, you know, just kind of stayed, you know, like not spending money and stuff like that. I had some savings, which I definitely touched that I didn't want to touch for years, you know, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm still working on certain little things here and there. I did sign a couple of remixes, like I had mentioned before, which was kind of like weird. Um, and then, um, and then I don't know, man. Like I took a break, like a like a two month break, where I just didn't do anything DJ related. Um, and uh, like I was like, man, like I really enjoy being in the studio, so. I've kind of made up my mind and uh, I never announced it or told anyone or anything like that. But I think I'm going to do a year when we go back or a year and a half and no more DJ stuff and just produce. And if I do DJ, it would be my own stuff. So 
as opposed to doing the nightclub circuits and stuff like that, I would be doing festivals and just, I'm kind of like, everybody has these goals, right? That they got to hit. And for all of us, I think there were like a club radio, another radio station, this, this, it. So for me, my next, my next goal is, is a, is a little gramophone about this big little gold gramophone. That's that's my next goal. So that's that's a good goal to have, man. That's a great goal to have. So so and yeah. So I, I gotta like devote my entire days and nights to um, to producing and 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 it's funny I say days and nights, but I actually mean days because I you know I've experienced how important it is to sleep right now, um, and I can't stress that enough. Like I flip my schedule from nights to days. And I go to sleep at a decent time and wake up in the mornings and I just feel more productive. And, and and that's it, man. I've stayed positive throughout these entire time. I've spoken to other DJs that have been affected by it. I think mentally we all were affected by it. I think we were all like kind of given a, a new perspective on what we were doing and if it was doing well or not. And to be honest with ourselves and say, this is what I got to improve on. This is what I got to do right next time. And now every time you're in front of a crowd, you got to cherish that, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. Gotta, absolutely. This may end tomorrow. And I know as a DJ, you might have, I'm, I know I did. We always said like, if this were to end tomorrow, but never did we think it was going to overnight. Yeah, yeah we did it. Um, I think it also goes the other way around too for, for the fans, the people who like to go party and appreciate listening to a DJ, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, like, Right now, there's no live stuff happening. I played a club here in Chicago, and it, it was good, but it was it was weird. Um, right. And, uh, and and you know, and, and then there's like, there's just so much time. I feel like for for DJs to do other stuff other than DJing. Like, there's no there's nothing wrong with like not DJing right now. If that makes any sense, like. Like there's a lot of guys on Twitch, you know, and I've I've been asked like why are you, like why don't you go to Twitch? And I'm like, right. I feel like at some point I know that Twitch has a deal with the labels and they're doing better and they're working it out. But I feel like when we go back to normal and everybody leaves back to the clubs and back to their runaround of the life, not not a lot of people may have time for Twitch. And I feel like Twitch is a like like a community for DJs. Does that make sense? Like, cause there's, there's so many different guys that do different things. There's like your turntablist, there's your DJs who love to just DJ. And then there's producers. But I feel like in this pandemic, like you don't have to do any of that. If you're not feeling it, I think that you have to take care of yourself first as a person and then like, see what you're going to do, you know? And there's no shame in like having a day job or, or like t taking up a part-time or something like you just got to do what you got to do to make sure you're good. And I think that, like I've always known, like the music will always be there, like always, you know? So when you go back, you're, you're good to go. You know what I mean? That, that's that's awesome, man. I mean, uh, that's that's great. Great advice from, from a veteran in the game. Um, I appreciate you, man, coming on and talking to me, man, here. On, and for my first podcast in a while, man, I've been kind of depressed and I haven't been able to get in the out of my funk you know so i'm glad yeah, no, to man. break that with you today i think i think one of the things that people forget like 
And I, I used to experience this, dude, like whenever I was like in front of like a thousand, two thousand people a night and then be in a hotel room by myself, you know, like like people forget that like that you're human, you know, that you need you need like a break or, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you have any hobbies, you know, but uh, whatever your hobbies are like you can take a week off, you can take two weeks off. And, and like, I feel like sometimes we're chasing the coin, you know, as DJs, as producers, as whatever. But I feel like, like I know that I'm more productive when I'm centered, you know, with my family, with my things, with my music, with, and, and dude, inspiration comes out of left field. Sometimes, you know, you just like, you hear one song and you're like, I'm going to do this, 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 and that. And that's, that's how I feel like a lot of DJs, we're being told, you know, like you have to stay productive. If you didn't do nothing between this seven months, then you blow. And it's like, nah, man, like you, you got to look at your own situation. You got to look at what you're doing and you got to take care of yourself first. And then you can, you know, do whatever. And, and, you know, DJing will never be the same ever again. You know, there are a lot of, I know a lot of guys that have quit completely. They're just, they're done. I'm going to, uh, step aside from the everyday grind, if that makes any sense, uh, of DJing only because, like I said, I feel like I I don't feel like I know I have a better shot at making that track that's going to be in everybody's sets. And, and that just multiplies my show, <laughs> you know, into like radio streams and all these other things. So I'm, I'm making the transition from DJ to artist as we speak. And, uh, and it's going to be tough, man, but I think that's the next step in my career. And, and I think as DJs, this was a great lesson to, to say, don't just stay in the same place. Like, just keep pushing for better, bigger, better, and, and never sell yourself short, man. Like, you are the talent at a nightclub. And if if a nightclub owner doesn't want to pay you what you want, um, then you just got to become that good so that they do pay you what you want. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to save your coin. You can't just be, you know, kind of all over the place with that. Because if something like this happens again, which is very likely, you know, right. yeah. um, you definitely want to be able to 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 not look back and, and get down on yourself. Because like I said, man, like we are the party. Like we, we bring it to these clubs. Like I the club I was supposed to be at, you know, closed down and it was supposed to close. But I get lots of messages every week man like when are you guys coming back are you coming back you know and i like whenever i go live i go live for myself you know i don't i'm not worried about going live and 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 i don't know creating a whole thing like i just do it for me you know i do it now i'm doing it because i have music i have to put out <laughs> but well, yeah, but i mean i, I like it it's just like yeah. it gets you down sometimes with like the the tech stuff. And yeah, you can work those kinks out, but it, 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 I get it. I get what Twitch is about. I get that. It helps a lot of guys out. I have one of my friends that's on there, uh, audio one and he's doing great. He's on there all the time, but so, that's the thing, man. Like you're on there all the time, you know, you gotta commit. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not that committed. I, I do it like three times a week, maybe twice a week and but just an hour. You know? That's more than what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's like just, I said, I do yeah. an hour, but I'm like, like, I I want to bring you something different. You know, I don't right. want, I don't want to go in there 
and then like play, I don't know, Caramelo. And then the next four guys on the next live stream are playing Caramelo. And so I try to like, I try to like switch things up. And then like, there's been eighties, nineties. Like, I just feel like it's like a rotating bar. <laughs> it's like a rotating bar gig, you know? And it's just like, yeah. I, I want to bring something good. So what I found out is that people still support me uh, on my Instagram. Uh, and, and they, you know, they're really, really cool with what I'm doing. You know, like, like this interview, like I really appreciate the time that you've given me uh, oh, share my stories and, yeah. and it just, it helps, you know, it's, it's content. Um, because people, some people are still home. Uh, I know I'm in Chicago and, and there's still a lot of people home. Um, and there's people that definitely want to listen to your mixes or whatever. So if, if you can create, but if you don't feel like it, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Cause like, who's waiting for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, when this is all over, we're going to get slammed clubs no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah absolutely. you know, and there's enough room at the table for everybody to eat. I know guys right now that are doing zoom parties. They're DJing zoom parties from home. Wow. Um, and they're making money. So, um, it's just commitment, you know, commitment to, to do that stuff. And I know guys that are going back to clubs with minimum capacity, but once again, it's commitment. I just, I have three kids at home and I'm not leaving my house unless it's for the right amount of money. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. Uh, shout out to Maria. Thank you for hanging out with us, Maria. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, I, um, uh, I know, I know you, uh, you like to get, uh, your exercise in. So someone had shared, oh, some, important for all those producers who spend 10 hours a day sitting in their chair and not being active. Yeah, man. Um, man. Well, I, I, right now I'm not on any, on any workout routines. I used to be on, on like insanity a while back and like the old school insanity because it's just worse. It's just, you know, (laughs) but uh, I think eating man, like eating, eating right is, is huge, especially if we're home right now. Mm -hmm. Like, just eating stuff that's not processed is good. And lots of water. And as a producer, I always make I always make myself get up every now and then and take breaks. I think when you take breaks is like the best thing that you can do. Sometimes I'll go upstairs because I'm downstairs in the basement in my studio. My studio is downstairs in the basement. But sometimes I'll go upstairs for water. So I'll make sure I run out of water so I have to get up and go upstairs. You know? that's a good, see, that's a good tactic. Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, man, like there's that. And then just like staying away from all the snacks. Um, and and that, I mean, part, right? <laughs> it, it is, man. But like I said, when you're sleeping right, and I know a lot of DJs don't because it's it's just like ingrained in us, you know? Just emphasize that a lot more. There's a lot of yeah. DJs that, that, that burn, burn the candles on both ends and they're not realizing how much damage they're doing to their body. You know, like, yeah, like, man. I do so many. So when I, when I kind of like, when I decided that I was going to become an artist, right? A producer, like right now I don't have my glasses, but I went like full blue light glasses, you know, like at least a gallon of water a day, flip the schedule from nights to days. I mean, sometimes I wake up at six in the morning and I'm working and then, you know, rest and take some time off. If you, if you have a pool, if you have a yard, if you have like, just go out, get some fresh air, you know, um, I think, more than being fit, that helps. Obviously, if you run, do your runs, do all that. Like my wife goes on bike rides and I, you know, I'll go with them every now and then. Not every time. But um, 
but yeah, man, like, like right now is, is right now is not a good time to be sitting and eating <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit. Unless you're like 21 <laughs> to 25, you're good to go. You know? Oh, I don't know. I think that's, that's, that's the slippery slope down to when you're 40 and you're like, Oh man, what did I do to myself? <laughs> yeah, I'm 35, man. And I'm just like, I, I like, I, it's funny because there was uh two years ago, I, I love bullfighting. Like bullfighting has been in my family and for years. And like, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that. But um, so I want to be a Torero when I was a kid, you know, and I was like young, young. And, uh, and I ordered a suit for, for uh, Halloween once. And those things are pretty expensive, like $1,300, you know? Wow. And, and, and so I got it. <laughs> and when I got it, it didn't fit. Ugh. Like it was like, up to my knees and I was like, whoa. And yeah. my wife was like, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you better get your ass in that by by Halloween. You can do so, it, baby. So you know what I did? I actually, I cut red meat. Okay. That's like, a completely. Good, yeah. like, That's awesome. And I lost like 22, 21, 22 pounds, basically, 22 pounds uh, in a month, which was crazy. And it was water, lot like, you know, high impact workouts, which is like insanity. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, like you know, no meat. It was just I would have fish every now and then. And I, I got to tell you, man, like that was probably the best, the best. I did that for like three months, and that was probably the best time that I was. I felt fit. I felt great. I felt alert. The only thing that would kill me is like the sleep, you know, because I, I wasn't, uh, like, I wasn't sleeping properly and without the right nutrition, like without the right fats in your system, then. You start to feel weird, but I did it. I just couldn't go back because like once you start eating meat again, <laughs> it's like you smell it and you're like, oh my God, you know, and, yeah. and my wife would make some great, like my wife cooks amazing. So I'm like, man, like I don't want to have spinach today. Like I want to have steak, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then in the summer you smell cookouts and it's just mm-hmm. like. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. Dude, it's hard. It's but the DJ life is wanna, a struggle, period. <laughs> if you want it, yeah. And I did that, I did that for like to get in the suit, but then after that, like I remember going to the Latin Grammys and like I remember everybody saying, like, man, you lost a lot of weight. And I was like, Oh man. <laughs> like <laughs> that means I wasn't doing so good, you know. But but as a DJ, you know how it is, man. You finish yeah. a gig, you go like you finish a gig and you got your spot where you're gonna go mm-hmm. hit after Sometimes, yeah. You eat and you go to bed. Yeah, it's not a good combination. I mean, <laughs> but it feels great, though. Yeah, you know? it feels great. <laughs> we have White Castle out here. We used to do uh, that. Oh, and that was... Uh, uh, crystal. Crystal Crystal ends bad for you all the time. <laughs> like, it's not that great, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, man, I'm such a much, I'm such a bigger fan of you now that I had a chance to have you on the show, brother. Thank and you, I man. appreciate you taking uh, the time out and, and talking to me here. Uh, um, on the podcast, drop. I'm gonna put all your socials and everything on the, uh, the info. Of, uh, if anybody's watching this after live or hearing the audio version of this, but uh, just drop all the socials and and everything where they can follow you and all that good stuff. So um, I, I just saw that you have DJ X, but it's DJ hyphen X. Um, oh. You're good though. Don't worry about it. it. I gotta fix it. That's my that's my. Uh, uh, I gotta re-record the whole thing. No. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so no, um, but no, on it's at DJX Chicago on all the socials. Um, I I think that's what I'm at. 
I don't think I have a different one. It's DJX Chicago on Twitter, which I'm never on unless I want to get mad at someone. Um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I live on Instagram just okay. because like all my stuff is in there. Everything's kind of connected through there. So at DJX Chicago, you can find me at uh, DJX Chicago as well on Facebook. And then uh, TikTok is the same thing. I, I'm never really on TikTok. I think that's going to end up uh, dying out pretty soon because of restrictions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like Instagram, I'm not on Snapchat. I feel like that was a dying. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah, a dying... that is interesting. Yeah. I, but other than that, I'm on Mixcloud. Same thing. DJX Chicago. Um, and SoundCloud. Same thing. DJX Chicago. But I'll, I'll definitely be putting up some freebies like on Mondays. I usually like to put uh, free music Mondays. Nice. Uh, this week I didn't do it because um, like we had a, you know, a, a day off and I just kind of started everything yesterday. But, um, but yeah, there's going to be some freebies coming up like for the uh, Mexican independence, which is next week. Well, so I have a live that I do um, that I'm going to do, I should say. I'm going to drop a freebie on Monday because I have a bunch of – I think I sent you my Mexican remixes that I had done. Um, yes. And so, like, I'll be putting those up just kind of like for DJs to kind of go through if, if they haven't grabbed them. And then that's pretty much it, man. Those are the socials and, you know, 4F Music and DJ hyphen X on Spotify. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on, on my podcast. And, no and brother, m- much success, man, in the future, my friend. And uh, go get, go, if you haven't done it yet and you like house music and you like uh, that Guaracha sound, go listen to La Rumba right now. It's on everywhere, wow. worth a damn, that you can listen to music at, okay? Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a good one, man. Take care.